Dateline, a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic were spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the 20th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Innocence of Ryloth. I am your host, Michael Cohen, as always, and uh, welcome back. I'm glad that you guys could listen in this week. Uh, second episode in, in, a, in one week, uh, which I know I seem to be doing this a lot lately, and I've been getting, uh, I've been getting behind, but this episode's not nearly as late as the last one, so I hope that, that that's some some consolation to you guys. I got a few emails about it. I'm actually going to read one later on. Uh, but I'm here. I'm here to talk about Clone Wars and uh, and, and twice in one week, so uh, so I think that's pretty good. I, I think that's not too shabby uh, to do two episodes in one week. And, uh, and then we'll have the last episode of Season 1 next week. Uh, well, actually, no, I guess it won't be. It'll be the second last episode of episode 21 and then 22. Because we've only got two episodes left of, of the uh, of the season. We have uh, uh, Liberty on Ryloth, and we also have uh, Hostage Crisis coming up, and that, that fills out the season. That's the end of it. Actually, Liberty on Ryloth is, is airing tonight as I record this. So, uh, so really only one episode. I mean, some of you have probably already watched Liberty on Ryloth. Most of you, by the time that you listen to this, will have watched that episode. So, uh, with that, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into the news because we got a little bit of follow-up on, on a couple of stories from earlier this week. Not anything else really big breaking because, uh, obviously, I just did that episode, that episode a little while ago um, earlier this week on Tuesday. So, here we go. Uh, Follow-up to the Star Wars live action series. This comes from HollywoodInsider.com, and their article says, well, at least another year or so away uh, for the the live action Star Wars TV show, Rose Byrne got the gossip wheels spinning this week when MTV News quoted her as saying her friends had been auditioning for a long-discussed live action Star Wars television series. But EW has confirmed with a Lucasfilm rep that a casting agent in Australia is doing some preliminary groundwork, but official casting will not start until the scripts are complete. At the earliest, the series would go into production in 2010, the rep added. So, uh, wow, that, that definitely, that definitely uh, turns uh, what I said on its head uh, earlier this week, because I said... Maybe we would get to see it as soon as uh, uh, early uh, uh, fall twenty ten, but uh, but probably not. Maybe maybe twenty eleven is when we're looking at to see the show, um, depending on when they're when they're speaking about. And this is the earliest the series would go into production in twenty ten, the earliest. So um, so that's still quite a ways away. We've still got probably about two years on that one. But that's all right because we've got the Clone Wars for now to tide us over, and I'm I'm quite happy with that because with episodes like, like uh, Innocence of Ryloth and the upcoming the next two episodes, uh, 
do we really need anything else? Because, I mean, on top of that, we've got uh, a new comic book series starting up for Star Wars, Invasion, which, for those of you who don't know, is going to take place during the Yuuzhan Vong era, the, the New Jedi Order era of, of the Star Wars expanded universe. Um, we've got Clone Wars. We've got the Old Republic kicking into high gear. They just, uh, they just posted yet another uh, documentary, video documentary on the site, on the Old Republic site, SWTOR.com. Uh, that's Star Wars The Old Republic.com. So head over there and check that video. I actually, I've been such a rush to get this episode out. I saw the, them posted on their Twitter feed and I wanted to watch it. But it's way more important that I get this episode recorded for you guys. Um, so I'm going to watch it afterwards. We'll discuss it next week. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But go check it out and then email me and tell me what you think of it. Um, and on top of that, we got all the other stuff going. We've got, we've got uh, the Knights of the Old Republic comic still running. We have the Legacy comic, Rebellion. Uh, do we have Rebellion still running? I know Dark Times is still running, I think. I don't know. There's so many comics that uh, that there's tons of stuff to read. Not to mention, we got a new book series launching uh, for Star Wars, and uh, and and more Clone Wars books, more more uh, classic trilogy books. There's this new Young Reader series that's just started up, which actually looks pretty interesting, and I might pick up. Uh, you know, once I've caught up to everything, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. I've been totally slacking on all my Star Wars duties because everything else has sort of been catching up to me because I think I've been uh, I've been I've been spending a lot more time on Star Wars than I had previously. So, uh, for instance, I haven't been reading uh, Shadow of Mindor because I was reading Watchmen in order to read the graphic novel before I saw the movie. I saw the movie, which was a bit of a disappointment but uh that's not that's not for this podcast because this is a star wars podcast and that's a that's a watchman thing uh although starwars.com did have a really interesting article earlier this week about uh the connection between watchmen and the star wars comics from the uh well actually from from the seven well the, the 80s the marvel comics alan moore wrote a few stories that in my opinion are not very Star Wars related, but somehow are in Star Wars comics, and uh, and then uh, the, the artist uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment did did a lot of art in the uh, in the mid '90s for Star Wars, for Dark Horse, and uh, and it's some great art. So head over to StarWars.com, check that story out if you're a fan of the Watchmen and you saw it this past weekend, because uh, definitely definitely an interesting story. Um, so, I mean, back to the point. The point is that there is so much stuff right now that we can be patient. We don't need to be impatient. This goes back to something I said in an episode uh, a couple months ago. That was us Star Wars, we Star Wars fans, I should say. We're so impatient. And we want everything now. And, you know, like, we got to see it at midnight. And, and that's just, I think that's just generally true for fanboys. So let's take a lesson here. Uh, from from the Jedi and be patient for the live action series. It's gonna happen. I mean, it's George Lucas. If he wants to do it, it's it's gonna get done. So, uh, so there's nothing to worry about on that end. Um, and in the meantime, we have so many great things to talk about and for me to report on and for you guys to go see. 
and to watch on TV and to wait for it to come out on DVD and all that sort of stuff and video games and blah 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 so uh, although it's a bit of bad news it's it's really not it's it's not gonna affect our lives that much um, we'll be fine I'm sure we'll all be fine uh, and we can wait until 2011 uh, from there uh, a little bit more bad news all I got is bad news this week um, pandemic uh, a pandemic employee has confirmed they are not in possession of Star Wars Battlefront 3 and that only LucasArts knows what will happen to the game. At this point, Battlefront 3 appears to be up in the air. Uh, now this story is coming from EUCantina.net, which I know uh, one of the guys, uh, I'm not sure how many people are behind EUCantina.net. Actually, they've got their own Clone Wars podcast that you can go check out on top of, uh, on top of this one. Um, I think it's called Clone Wars Talk podcast um but eucantina.net great great place to check out your star wars news and i know one of the guys over there listens to the show so i i, I hope it's all right that i'm using your guys's news posts um, if not let me know if it is then you can also let me know uh i i'd like to hear from you again so uh yeah battlefront 3 not being developed by pandemic which means that currently LucasArts is the only one uh, with, I guess, custody over that that license and uh, and that that piece of video game property. So uh, it's up in the air. Like like I said in the in the news, uh, the, the article, it's up in the air, and we'll we'll just have to see what happens with it. Um, but again, I mean, we've got we've got the old Republic coming out. We've got. Uh, I think that there's another Clone Wars game coming out for the Wii at some point soon, and uh, and and who knows what else. So um, I mean, we'll wait for E3. We'll hear at E3 exactly what's happening with everything. Uh, game Developers Conference is later this month, but that's generally for developers, and not not a lot of gaming news comes out of that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, and that's the news for this week. Uh, I have one more piece of news, but I'm going to shift it down into the mailbag as response to a piece of mail that I got. So uh, you'll just have to listen to the whole episode to get to that part. Uh, but we do have a little bit of collecting news. One piece of collecting news from StarWars.com, and that is that you can now buy custom shoes, skateboards, and more at Star Wars Shop. More including... Uh, They've got more designs for hats. They have ties that you can get now, uh, along with all of the t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and mouse pads and all that stuff that you can get through Zazzle.com. Um, and you can head over to Zazzle.com or StarWarsShop.com and check out all of these awesome, awesome pieces of, of clothing that you can customize to your liking. You get to pick uh, the type of shirt and then you get to pick the graphic that you want on it. You can usually like move them around, space it. You can put your own slogan if you want. So uh, if you wanted to put faster, more intense on on a on a hoodie with a picture of one of like Rex or something like that, uh, you could totally do that. And uh, and that's something that's awesome about about what Star Wars Shop and Zazzle.com have done. Um, but it just makes me uh, it just makes me want to get my own shirts out there that much more. So uh, so hopefully that that will be developing in the next couple of weeks, and I'll have a little bit more info on that 
by the end of the season and I'll let you be able to let you guys know when those shirts will be available and how you can order them. Um, but for now you can get your fix by heading over to StarWarsShop.com or Zazzle.com and purchasing these different items. And actually if you go to CloneWarsPodcast.com the, the home of Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast on the interweb. Uh, you can head over into the store section. Uh, there's a there's a navigation link right along the top for that, and it will take you into a Zazzle. Like there's a there's a link to a Zazzle store, and if you purchase through that link, like if you hit that link and go to the store, it'll actually uh, it'll it'll know that CloneWarsPodcast.com sent you there, and so. Uh, that's a it's kind of a way to sponsor the show so if you're gonna buy any of this stuff definitely go through that and uh, and and you'll be helping out the show um, which will make it easier for me to make those shirts later on and uh, and I mean I do have I might have a sponsor lined up soon so if that happens cross your fingers everybody uh, think happy thoughts wish upon shooting stars uh, your birthday cakes, uh, when you're blowing out the candles, and uh, wishbones, anything that you can think that I'm going to get this sponsor and that things are going to be awesome because then it's definitely going to affect you guys accordingly. Um, and that's that's our collecting news. That is the only piece of collecting news that I have this week because obviously I just did the episode on Tuesday. So um, with that, I guess we get into the weekly recap. For the episode Innocence of Ryloth. With the blockade destroyed, Jedi Generals Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mace Windu will lead the ground assault to liberate the planet of Ryloth. Acting as an advanced landing party, General Kenobi, along with Commander Cody and his troops, will take the city of Nabat as the Republic landing zone. On the surface, Tactical droid TX-20 is reporting to Wat Tambor, leader of the Techno Union. TX-20 is custodian of the one thing keeping the Republic forces from landing their troops, a set of powerful anti-air proton cannons, and he's using the local Twi'lek citizens as a living shield to protect themselves from enemy strikes. TX-20 calculates that the Jedi won't risk their safety with a direct assault. Aboard their gunships, Kenobi briefs his men on their mission. Since they're here to liberate the planet and not destroy it, he orders them to use only blasters and droid poppers, EMP grenades that will disable the droids' electrical systems, and to refrain from the use of rockets or detonators. As the assault ships come in range, TX-20 opens fire with the proton cannons. They definitely won't be able to land with these cannons in commission. Luckily, the gunships are small enough to evade the cannon fire, just as TX-20 calculated. It'll be up to General Kenobi and Ghost Company to take them out. The trio of gunships land and the troops disembark into the jungle outside Nabat. Droids along the city's perimeter spot the troops moving through the trees and open fire with their mounted blaster cannons. Several of the troopers fall in the firefight. The clones seem overwhelmed, but Kenobi isn't too worried. He's going to move in, followed by the troopers on his signal. The Jedi makes his way closer to the bunker along with two troopers, Waxer and Boyle. The troopers lob their EMP grenades toward the droids, and Kenobi uses the force to guide the droid poppers to the 
correct location. The grenades discharge and disable the droids with their ion pulse. Ghost Company has made it into the city. With the wall secure, Cody inquires as to their next move. Kenobi needs to know what the droid's next move will, will be, so he orders Cody to send in his best men to do some recon. Cody, along with Waxer, Boyle, and Wooly, will scout ahead. TX-20 is curious as well. He orders his floating multi-eyed recon droids to gather intelligence to determine the Jedi's next move. The streets of Nabat are deserted. The four-man squad splits up. Waxer and Boyle investigating south while Cody and Wooly check out the courtyard. Waxer and Boyle feel uneasy in the vacant streets. They hear something moving around them, putting them on alert. Meanwhile, in the courtyard, Cody and Wooly have discovered the location of the missing Twilight, rounded up and, hosti and held hostage by the Separatist droids. Surrounded by dozens of battle droids and several AAT tanks, Wooly figures it's not going to be easy disabling those guns but Cody remarks that there's always a way. Back at the temporary command center, Cody relays the intelligence he and Wooly gathered in the courtyard. Although the Twi'leks are in danger, Kenobi still has a plan to take out the guns. They'll go in with everything they have while making sure to clear the hostages. Unknown to the Jedi, they're being watched by one of TX-20's recon droids. The whole conversation is being relayed back to the Separatists, and now they know it's General Kenobi leading the attack. Back in the southern streets, Waxer and Boyle discover a Twilight girl on her own. Waxer feels the need to take her with them, but Boyle is worried that she'll just slow them down. The girl cowers behind a set of crates and Waxer thinks she's afraid of them, but Boyle spots one of the recon droids hovering through the streets. The troops hide, narrowly escaping the droid's watchful eyes. Waxer finally convinces Boyle to bring the girl along, but as he goes to grab her, she bites his hand. Waxer figures that she thinks they're droids because of their helmets. Waxer removes his helmet, but the girl is still not convinced. Boyle hands her some rations, which she devours instantly. He then removes his helmet. The girl looks at their near-identical faces and points, continually saying, Nara. The troopers start to leave, but the girl, Numa, isn't following. Waxer extends a hand, but Boyle is impatient, telling him to leave her. They exit the alleyway, but as they do, Numa follows them out. Waxer is curious what happened to the girl's family, and Boyle remarks that they're probably dead. Waxer turns to look for her following them and can't find her, but when he turns around, there she is in front of them. She points down the street, calling to them, and heads towards where the recon droid went. Worried about her, Waxer follows, much to Boyle's dismay. They chase after the girl, who leads them through the streets to a deserted hovel. Waxer figures it must have been her home. He notices a doll on the floor and hands it to Numa. The girl takes it, her eyes welling up with tears. Waxer comforts her, and even Boyle's gruff exterior isn't enough to take it. He tells the girl that everything is going to be alright, and she hugs him. Back at the command center, the rest of Ghost Company is assembled, awaiting Kenobi's orders to attack the gun placements in the courtyard. Waxer and Boyle are way overdue, and not responding to their communicators. TX-20 has been watching the whole time and orders his officers to release a pack of bloodthirsty gutkers on the Republic force. 
Boyle receives Cody's transmission, and the troopers realize they need to rendezvous. Waxer starts to come up with excuses for why they were delayed. Outside the hovel, Numa is frightened by something. Suddenly, several Gudkers appear from the shadows. The large bipedal creatures run towards Waxer and Boyle, who fire on the monsters as they race back into the hovel. They manage to get the door closed, but that's not going to stop the Gutkers as they pound on the doors. Thankfully, Numa knows a way out. She, knows, she shows them the hatchway in the back of the room, and not a moment too soon as the Gutkers find their way in through a hole in the roof. Elsewhere in the city, General Kenobi and Ghost Company are suddenly overwhelmed by the stampeding monsters. Back in the courtyard, TX-20 is reporting his success to Wat Tambor. The creatures are laying waste to the clones, but Kenobi has yet another tri Jedi trick up his sleeve. Using the Force, he leads the Gutkur into a small alcove under a large rock bridge. Once through, he orders Cody and the others to shoot the bridge. They do so, collapsing the stone on top of several of the creatures and leaving the others trapped along with Kenobi. Of course, the Jedi easily leaps past the dim-witted animals and out, of, out to safety among Ghost Company. But the team is startled by a noise. It's only Waxer and Boyle, along with Numa, emerging from a nearby sewer grate. Cody demands an explanation, but all Waxer can say is they were sidetracked. General Kenobi notices Numa, realizing what distracted them. He speaks with the girl in Twi'leki. She can lead them through the sewer to the prisoners. TX-20 doesn't seem worried about the Gutker's failure. He is still confident that they will defeat the Republic troops. The team splits up again, with Cody leading a group as a diversion. Meanwhile, General Kenobi, Waxer, and Boyle have made their way through the tunnels to the prison cell, thanks to Numa's help. Kenobi and the others are in position. Cody leads an attack at the head of the courtyard, distracting the battle droids, while Kenobi's and the others free the prisoners. One of the droids notices, calling, to T calling it to TX-20's attention. In the tunnel entrance, Numa is reunited with her uncle, Nilan Brill. Kenobi leads Waxer and Boyle into the fray, cutting down droids as he makes his way to the proton cannon. Commandeering its command seat, he points it at the other can cannons as Waxer and Boyle load the proton shells. TX-20 returns with his AAT firing on Kenobi and his proton cannon, destroying it. Now all of the cannons have been disabled. TX-20 is very sure of his victory, robotically laughing at Kenobi. His overconfidence allows him to miss the angry Twi'lek prisoners coming up behind them. They overtake the tactical droid, ripping him to pieces. With the cannons out of commission, Master Windu has begun landing his assault ships. Now they have the difficult task of taking the capital and freeing Ryloth. Waxer and Boyle say goodbye to Numa, who gives them one last hug. As they leave, she continues to call out Nera. They ask General Kenobi what it means, and he responds, Brother. So that is the episode, Innocence of Ryloth, and it was a pretty good episode, uh, all things considered, I suppose I should say. Um, I don't know what things I'm considering there, but, uh, but it was a great episode. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I like how we have to wait 20 episodes into the series to get an Obi-Wan solo story. And then, even in his own solo story, 
he's still a side character. It's really about Waxer and Boyle. Um, I'm going to say something right off the bat, even though like I know this is an Obi-Wan episode, so I should have nothing to complain about, because uh, you know me and my Obi-Wan love. But uh, this episode was totally fit for a Republic Commando mission. Um, this is exactly the sort of thing. I it, it popped into my head the second that Commander Cody said to them on the gunship uh, that they they need to do minimal damage, so uh, blaster fire and uh, droid poppers only. No, no rockets or detonators and I was like well that's exactly what the commandos do like that's that's the Republic commandos they they're sent in to specialized missions with with certain objectives like for instance taking out these cannons uh, with the express purpose of being stealthy and doing as little damage to the surrounding area as possible and they're specifically suited for urban environments that's like the whole point is urban and and uh, jungle combat. Um, I mean, the three missions in the Republic Commando video game are the catacombs underneath uh, Geonosis, and they they go after Sunfak, the uh, the leader of the Geonosian army, the leader of the Geonosian military, and uh, their second mission is on a um, a derelict. Uh, acclimator class assault cruiser and uh, they, they have to go in and, and find out what happened to the ship and it ends up being I think I think that's the Trandoshans along with uh, along with the, the weird droid things that are taking over. No, the weird droid things are part of the Trandoshans. Which leads them to Kashyyyk where they have to stealthily infiltrate the Trandoshan slaver camps and, uh, and take them out and then eventually head into the city. So, um, that's exactly what they're for. And then, I mean, on top of that, the books, what do they do? I mean, Kilora, their first mission for Delta Squad on Kilora is, uh, is a little bit different, but that's because everything goes wrong. Uh, nothing, nothing happens the way it's supposed to, and they, they end up in the middle of nowhere, um, trudging through the, uh, through the wilderness, which is not what they are suited for. But in the second one, uh, they they end up on Coruscant, and uh, that's that's the whole mission. And I haven't I haven't read the third one. I haven't read Order sixty six yet, so I can't really talk to that one. But uh, by Order sixty six, I think that it's not really so much about the uh, the war itself. Obviously, considering it's at the end of like the tail end of the Clone Wars, and uh, and there's a lot that happens. I won't get into it for those of you who haven't read it. If you haven't read the the Republic Commando books. Do yourself a favor and pick them up. You can get the first one uh, in softcover, and they're actually releasing a new version of the second and third books, Triple Zero and um, Order 66, in one book. I think it's going to be like a hardcover, um, and it's it's just it's called Republic Commando Two. Um, so uh, so if you haven't read any of these stories. And you don't know what the Republic Commandos are about. I highly suggest you pick up the game for either your PC or the Xbox 360, preferably PC because it runs a lot better on the PC. Or not Xbox 360; it's for the original Xbox. That's why get it for your PC because your PC is probably more powerful than an Xbox. Um, and uh, and definitely read these books. 
but this mission, back to the episode, this mission was specifically suited for them. They would have gone in, uh, dropped outside of the city, a four-man squad. I mean, if, if, it, if it really came down to it and they needed a larger group, they could have had a two-man, or a, a two, two pods. They, they refer to them as pods. Um, but two, two four-man squads um, go in and, and accomplish the same task that it took. I don't know how many troopers, but it was a lot. Ghost Company had a lot of troopers in it, and uh, as well as a Jedi. Like, the, the commandos wouldn't even have needed a Jedi. Um, because they would have gone in stealth, and, uh, and TX-20 never would have even known that they were there until it was too late. So, I mean, this episode was perfectly suited for it, and I, and I really feel like that's what they should have done. It should have been a Republic Commando episode. But this just goes to show that it's going to be very easy for them to fit the Republic Commandos into the storyline later on. And I think that uh, for Season 2, that's, that's my most requested. That is what I want to see the most out of anything is a, is a squad of Republic Commandos in a two-part episode, maybe even a three-part. Um, I mean, no, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything but uh oh well, actually that happens at the end of episode three or at the beginning of episode three so that wouldn't work anyway so never mind but I would like to see uh Omega Squad which is the squad that is featured in the video game because they um well until triple zero they're not really featured a lot in any of the books so um having them in there in in, in the show in Clone Wars would be awesome I mean we can have more more pods more different different squads different format squads with new Republic Commandos, and that would be awesome. So, like I said, this is a perfectly suited episode for it. I don't know why they did it this way. Um, it, it makes so much sense for them to have done it, but I guess they want to have a Jedi. They, I, I think that they really like having a Jedi in almost every episode, uh, with the exception of, of episodes like Bombad Jedi, which has a, a fake Jedi in it. Uh, but I, if I think about I don't think that any other episode, no, that's the only episode with no Jedi in it. Oh, Rookies. There's no Jedi in Rookies other than, uh, like, briefly, briefly commenting. Anakin and Obi-Wan are in it, but they don't do anything. They're just on a command ship. So, I think they really like to have the Jedi in every episode. Uh, doing something because well it is Star Wars and it's the it's prequel era so there's Jedi running around all over the place why not use them but I definitely would like to see a lot more solo clone trooper episodes I'd also really like to see an episode from the perspective of the separatists but uh, but I'm totally digressing I haven't even gotten into what I liked about this episode um, let me start with Waxer and Boyle uh, I had a hard time because obviously, I mean, they only mention their names a couple of times, and uh, and with those helmets on, it's very hard to to differentiate which one's which, because uh, a lot of the time it's even hard to tell which one of them is talking, um, and their helmets were so similar. That was the other thing was that like everybody had the yellow markings, and although uh, I think it was. Waxer had the had the the score marks like the like it looked like he had notch marks for how many 
how many battle droids he'd taken out or something like that. Um, more than likely super battle droids, because battle droids are easy to take over. The, the SBDs are a lot harder. So, because he only had about, like, ten notches or something on him. Um, and then Boyle was the one with the stripe down the front. Like, Enwaxer had, had the, the triangle on, on the front of the helmet as well. Um, so I think that's which one was which, but it was so hard to tell them apart. Because their armor, like, their actual body of armor was identical. So, like, they, they both looked the same other than their helmets. I mean, when they took off their helmets, they definitely looked different. I know that uh, Waxer was the one with the blonde hair, and Boyle was the one with the goatee. But uh, it was it was hard to determine which one was which. I had to actually like go back and forth through the episode, as well as looking at the online episode guide on StarWars.com to determine which one was which for when I wrote my uh, my episode recap. But I managed, and I definitely liked the two characters. And uh, and they definitely did have a, a sibling feel to the two of them. And a lot of the clone troopers do, except for the commanders. Like, the, the general grunts have, like, the infantry have this camaraderie where they re it really is a brotherhood. And I mean, Cody and Rex have that because they're commanding officers, even though Cody technically outranks uh, Rex. But... You can you can sense it that 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 Cody doesn't necessarily have that same rapport with with the lower guys, and it's not necessarily that he doesn't have the rapport. He probably does, but he can't show it because you know it's his job to be a commander. So that's that's what it's all about, and that's the way that he's got to act. Um, but it was cool to see the relationship between Waxer and Boyle, and and. The differences in how they dealt with uh, finding Numa in in the ruins of Navat and Waxer's reaction to her being there and and how he was so caring and uh, and compassionate and how he really wanted to help her. What it was it was very well conveyed in in both the voice acting and the uh, the dialogue and the animation. It was. I mean, they were firing on all cylinders when it came to those story points, which is something that I felt like they weren't exactly doing last week. But um, I think that they just had, they just had some trouble last week with the episode with, with getting the emotions through. Um, not to the fault of any of the animators or actors portraying any of the characters last week. I think that was a script issue, where where they kind of, their hand was forced a little bit, but. Um, but back to this episode. With this episode, it definitely, definitely was great story-wise and had some excellent moments with Waxer and Boyle and the contrast of, of a soldier who's just there to get the job done and one who's there to actually help people. Like, it was really interesting because neither of them are necessarily wrong. They're just two different points of view. Um, obviously, we're more inclined to think that Waxer is in the right wanting to help the little girl because it's the humane thing to do. But uh, but Boyle was a little bit more focused on getting the job done, liberating the city, and once they liberate the city, everything will be fine. Like, I think that was his perspective. It's not that he didn't care about the girl, it's that they had a more important job to do. Um, but it ends up, I mean, I think Waxer's intuition 
sort of uh, uh, works out in the end because Numa ends up being the key to them winning winning the objective of taking out the cannons. So um, definitely a great story overall, uh, and and just like a heart wrenching moment when they're in the they're in the hovel and uh, and and Numa is sort of standing over by herself just looking around and she's upset and she has no way to talk to them like they, they can't understand each other but I mean you don't have to you don't have to be a linguist to understand that the girl was upset because the second that that Waxer hands her the doll she just bursts into tears so definitely like a very emotional episode which was not what I was expecting necessarily in the middle of this storyline I thought that that would be there like that they would find the girl and they would go on and it would just sort of happen like it was I didn't think that there was going to be some you know heart-wrenching story point on that I figured they were just going to find the girl and the girl was going to lead them to you know the secret backdoor entrance like the Ewoks do in Return of the Jedi right um but then there's this just this great moment in that hovel where even even Boyle can't take it like he, he can't keep up the facade of being a tough guy soldier he he breaks down and he tells her that everything's going to be all right and that they're that they're going to help her and all that and it 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 was a really good moment in the episode and then later on when when they reunite with the rest of ghost company and, and obi-wan and obi-wan translates and and all that it's 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 a lot of really great payoff especially i mean if you didn't read the the episode guide you probably would have thought that that was her dad that that was her father at the end but it wasn't her parents apparently died and uh and the 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 older male twilight that she reunites with at the end is um is actually her uncle so uh we'll see maybe that that might play out in the next episode um who knows we'll see uh i guess i guess we'll just have to watch it and find out but um wow yes yeah, just such a great episode um because on top of all of that great story elements um we had yet another one of the tactical droids which i know that a lot of you are probably going to say that they're being overdone and that that's too much of them and all that sort of thing but i like them because it's uh it's a really easy way for them to do unique commanders without having to do um, these guys that, that, that we get upset that they die. Like, who cares if a droid dies? There's tons of them, right? So you can have these unique commanders with, with different personalities because TX-20 definitely was overconfident. Um, I don't think that, that the other tactical droids that we've seen so far have been quite so overconfident. So um, it was really cool to see that. It's, it's really cool to see the different tactical droids and how they react and how, how they, they fight their battles. But uh, how similar they still all are. And the fact that they're just droids in the end. Which makes it really interesting. It's like, I'd really like to see one of those tactical droids stories like i'd like to see the the, the point of view of them because it's it would be an interesting it would be an interesting thing to see just the separatist point of view with the jedi coming and uh and defeating them uh because definitely like that's 
there's a lot of cool things that you could probably do with that. But uh, uh, the recon droids, the little probe droids, definitely awesome. Definitely awesome. It would have been cool to see uh, a few different, uh, like a variety of new droids or whatever. But um, like maybe some of the some of the like we I don't even think that there were any super battle droids. I think it was just all standard battle droids and then the AATs. Um, but uh, the the proton gun placements. Let's let's talk about that. That was very cool. Having the artillery that was stopping the uh, the assault cruisers from landing. Um, the fact that they actually take one of them out was intense. That like that got me because I was like, "Holy crap!" They just knocked one of those freaking star destroyers out of the sky. Now I know they're not like full size star destroyers; they're not that big, but uh, it's still a big ship to get knocked out of the sky by these. I think there were only four cannons, so they must have been powerful cannons. And then, uh, and then the way that Obi Wan takes them out at the end by pointing the cannons at each other, which also it harkens back to a, to a moment in Return of the Jedi where Luke tells Leia to point the gun at the deck and, and destroy Jabba's sail barge. So um, definitely like a very Star Wars moment for him to jump in the gunner seat and and uh, and point it at the other at the other cannons. And then TX twenty coming in and I thought it was so great because he was just I think TX20 was so uh, taken aback at how everything was going like he just didn't know what to do and he just jumped in with his tank and fired on Obi-Wan just like oh he's just like I gotta take out Obi-Wan and he ends up taking out the last proton cannon that they've got so uh, doing Obi-Wan's job for him uh, which which I thought was really interesting coming from, you know, like a tactical droid who should have been a little bit more level-headed. But it was definitely cool to see that. And uh, and I think that was Obi-Wan's plan all along, which I uh, leave it to Obi-Wan to know how the tactical droid's going to react. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the episode. Uh, that I, that's what am I talking about. That's not the episode, because I also have to talk about the other action sequences. When they when they take the the wall, storming the city to get in the the perimeter of the city, great scene, uh, with Obi Wan heading down. Have, the clone troopers are just pinned, and Obi Wan's like, "Don't worry, leave it to me," and he just sort of you know darts down, and uh, and Waxer and Boyle chuck their their uh, EMP grenades, and he just lightly gives them a little nudge with the. Uh, with the force and takes out the droids and and uh, and then they can move in. I thought that was awesome, um, but very typical of a Jedi. Not a big surprise. And then uh, and then the moment uh, later on, when uh, when when the clone troopers are getting taken out by the the Gutkers. I hope I'm saying that right. I mean, huh. can't they give these things proper names? Gutker. There's too many. Too many consonants in that. I mean, it's got two R's, for God's sake. Um, and, th like, nobody really says these things in the episodes other than... Uh, uh, Numa says it in, in Twi'leki a couple of times. But uh, but how am I supposed to say this crap? Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not a very podcast-friendly scripting environment. I mean, last episode with, with Martuk as, as the villain, and, I mean... Gut curs in this one, and 
Uh, I, I'm afraid to ask what the characters are going to be called in this next episode with uh, with Mace Windu and the, and, and the Twilight Resistance. Um, wow. Just wow. Uh, but that the moment where I'm going to get back on track, where Obi-Wan and the, uh, it distracts all the good girls with the Force and sort of coaxes them down the alleyway and then they collapse the bridge behind them, trapping him in there. And were it anybody else, I, I mean, I, I suppose not anybody else, because uh, Anakin or Ahsoka or any or Mace or Yoda could have done the exact same thing, just leaping out of there. But only Obi Wan, I think, would be so bold as to lead them into that hole, like lead them into that dead end alley, and then just sort of leap past them. And uh, and escape in such a way. I mean, it's just it's classic Obi Wan, I think, with the, uh, the that's that's what they call the bait and switch. Um, <laughs> so great moment there, and great Obi Wan all around. The the way that he gets the job done, but he's still got that com- compassion at the end of the day. Uh, Cody gets gets kind of upset when when Boyle and Waxer show up. Um, after having not reported back, and uh, Obi Wan doesn't even do it. Like he doesn't say anything. He doesn't discipline them or anything like that. He just realizes that they found the girl and obviously agrees that they did the right thing protecting her, because that's the reason that they're there. They're there to save the Twilight, not not to do anything else. Um, so great, a great Obi Wan moment there in his reaction, how he just sees the girl and he just goes over and talks to her. Um, and I guess that's the episode. I guess that's everything that I've got to say about it. I mean, I think that the Republic Commando thing took up a lot of time. So I'm, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. And we're going to get into... I'm actually going to switch up the order here. I'm going to do the forum post of the week and then the episode description, and then I'm going to end on the mailbag this week because I've got this piece of mail that is very important for me to read, and uh, we'll have a very important piece of news after it. Um, forum post of the week. Uh, the forum post of the week this week is Ask Mike, and it was posted by, uh, let's see, well, it was posted by me, um, which I guess isn't really fair to you guys but uh but you know what you know who's posting all the good forum topics is uh grievous fan 91 or i'm pretty sure that's his that's his screen name um he's always posting all the best topics so you guys need to get in there and and start some topics of your own i know that there's more than five of you on the forum so i i want you guys to get in there not just join in the discussions but start some discussions come up with some great topics in any case this is the topic that I want to get you guys uh, uh, noticing. I guess not noticing. Some of you already have. Some of you are in there already asking me. But here's what I posted. So uh, some of the other podcast hosts have a topic like this in their sections. So I thought I should jump in as well. Ask me questions. Ask away. Ask to your heart's content. So go online to our forums. Uh, geekoutpodcast.com slash forums. Uh, register if you're not already registered. Log in if you are registered, and jump into this forum thread, and uh, and ask me questions. Ask me whatever you like. 
I asked uh, I asked Steve in his on the on the Geek Out Loud uh, Ask Steve thread. Um, I had a friend who had a hangnail, and and uh, we had differing opinions on how to deal with it. Uh, my opinion is that you take a pair of tweezers and you rip the hangnail off, and although it's going to hurt for maybe a day or two, um, it's not going to come back. And hit, my friend's solution was to take a pair of nail clippers and to clip the hangnail down. But if you do that, it can come back. So I went on, I asked Steve, what, what would you do? What's your advice in this situation? And Steve, with his sage advice, obviously agreed with me uh, because we're, we're both on that Jedi Jedi Knight status, possibly Jedi Master. I don't I don't know. He he might say that um, status, and uh, and we agreed that you just it's it, temporary pain is is worth it for the uh, long term outcome of no more hangnails. So um, if you've got inane questions like that, no question is too stupid, but my answers might be. So I. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Get in there, ask me questions, whatever you guys want. Ask me what kind of sandwiches I enjoy. Ask me what my favorite Star Wars moment is of all of Star Wars. Clone Wars, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, ask me. And I'll, uh, and I'll tell you. Um, ask me anything that you want uh, within reason and I will, I'll let you know. Uh, so far, there's been a lot of talk about what kind of equipment I use for podcasting and that sort of thing. Um, because it seems like a couple of you might be interested in podcasting yourself. So uh, more on that later. That's the forum post of the week. Check it out. Get in there and post along along with me, and, uh, and I'll answer your questions for sure. Um, upcoming episode, Liberty on Ryloth. Here is the description, and it's actually already aired for those of you in other time zones. Actually, for those of you in, in all time zones in North America. It is already aired on Cartoon Network, so I will be watching it shortly, hopefully. And the episode, Liberty on Ryloth. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, Mace Windu leads the clone troopers in a fight to overtake Ryloth, Ryloth's capital city of Lesu. Along the way, he tries to forge an alliance with rebellion leader Cham Syndulla. See, there you go. This is uh, Cham Syndulla is at least a little bit better than, you know, Martuk and uh, Gutkers, who puts a T before a K, seriously, and then followed by double R's. It's just, uh, it baffles the mind. But that's the upcoming episode, uh, which is already aired. You guys have probably already watched it by the time you listen to this, but I'm going to do the description anyways. With that, it is now time for this piece of mail. This comes from Josh. And Josh, I'm sure you know who you are. I got this piece of mail actually. Uh, I think I got it this morning, um, and I it just it made me do a lot of thinking about how I've been doing the podcast, and uh, and it definitely made me feel bad for not having this the uh, last episode out on time. Uh, but just let me read the mail and then I'll then I'll make my comments. And he says, "Hey Michael, I'm a new forum joiner. Uh, yeah, I'm a new forum joiner and been watching since episode one." Now, before I say this, I really want to say that I enjoy the podcast, and it's not a half-bad show. I really, really hate to be the bearer of criticism, but I think you're a cool guy and you can handle a few little tips, which is obviously true because I'm reading it on the podcast. I listen to three different podcasts, yours, 
Sky Next, and Imperial Hollow Net Radio. And one thing they all have in common, they are all good shows. But one thing that I think might improve the show is maybe getting somebody else to do it with you. I mean, it doesn't even really have to be a huge Star Wars fan. I know Steve is really popular. It really improves the chemistry of the show and makes it tons more entertaining. Also, it really helps to have episodes out on time. I personally don't really like to, to listen to a review for an episode that I saw two weeks ago. Anyway, that all said, it's a great show and I really do honestly like it and I'm not trying to sound negative or anything. I can never diss a good Star Wars fan. So sorry about that. Just trying to help your show out a little. Keep up the good work, Josh. Uh, now, I, I appreciate it, Josh. I appreciate everybody's criticisms to let me know how the show can be better. Um, I'm going to first address episodes being late. Um, I've got two points on this. The first point is, is just a general piece of information for those of you um, that, that are watching the show on Cartoon Network. Uh, first off, I don't get Cartoon Network in Canada, so I have to go about other means to, um, to get the episodes even remotely on time. I generally get to watch them Friday nights, but sometimes I don't get to watch them until Saturday. Sometimes I don't get to watch them until like Sunday or Monday. So um, that's one reason for me not being able to do episodes, say, Saturdays or Sundays. The other reason is that Saturday and Sunday is my weekend. Um, I work pretty hard during the week, including doing the podcast. So, uh, so I like to keep my weekends clear, as well as the fact that that's really the only time that I get to spend with, uh, with family and friends. So, because um, during the week everybody's working and, uh, and going to school and all that sort of thing. So um, I, I really don't wanna have to resort to doing my podcasts on Saturdays and Sundays because uh, because I have other obligations on Saturdays and Sundays. So that's another reason. Um, the big thing for me is that, like like I said, I don't even get the episodes on time, and I have to go to a lot of effort in order to get them um, without you know, resorting to uh, more nefarious means in some instances. So uh, that, that's, that's just me. And I know that a lot of people are watching in places like Australia and the UK and, uh, and, and Switzerland and just all over the, the world. And uh, I don't think it's really fair to, to say that, that I'm not getting the episodes out on time by being two weeks late, considering the episode hasn't even aired in Canada. It hasn't aired in Australia. It hasn't aired in the UK. It hasn't aired in Spain or Switzerland, or uh, Germany, or any number of places. So, um, although it's two weeks ago for you, it might be two weeks from now for other people. So, uh, so I put the episodes out, and, and I know that some of you like to listen to the episodes, and then you know what's happening in your current, and then it's, it's perhaps a better way to get the full idea of what an episode's about. Um, rather than just reading a spoiler by accident or something like that. I know that there's a few of you who do listen to the podcast in order to know what's going on in the show because you don't have access to the show that readily. So, um, I mean, e even if I'm two weeks late on, uh, on, in on 
on Storm over Ryloth, I don't think that I'm two weeks late for everybody. So, uh, so, so there's that side of it. The other side of it is that I am a very busy person, and uh, and doing a podcast takes up a lot of time. It actually takes me, all told, probably about six to seven hours in order to do one. Uh, when you consider, I have to rewatch the episode. I have to write a recap while I'm rewatching the episode. Sometimes I'll rewatch it once or twice uh, on top of doing the recap because there will be uh, important stuff that I want that I want to go over. And I, sometimes I'll make notes, uh, and uh, so sometimes I'll have to watch the episode two or three times in order to catch everything. Even though like the, the episodes aren't terribly nuanced, but sometimes. Um, with some maybe some of the more action-packed episodes in order to see everything that's going on sort of catch everything um, and with definitely with some of the more character driven episodes I want to watch them more than once before I do the podcast so that you guys are getting the best commentary possible I don't want to you know sort of uh, only do do half of my job in reporting this stuff to you guys um, on top of that I have to go online and search out all of the news posts which is easier said than done because sometimes sometimes it's a matter of going to starwars.com and then uh, rebelscum.com and my job is done sometimes I can do that I can find two news posts and then like three or four action figure or uh, statue or comic book or whatever related pieces of collecting news um, most of the time, however, I have to hunt. Most of the time, I have to go around to different websites. And, I mean, I pull a lot from StarWars.com because they, they do that. They've got a guy that they pay, well, probably more than one person, uh, that they pay to go to other sites and hunt down Star Wars news. So, um, thankfully, that, that kind of cuts down some of my time. But in order to get more than one news story some weeks, I have to look sort of outside of that. And, thankfully, I found EUCantina.net. And, uh, and they do a freaking awesome job over there of collecting the news. So uh, I hope that they don't mind that I'm, that I'm hijacking their news. Hopefully me giving, giving out the, the URL as many times as I do in an episode is, uh, is proper payment for that. And they, uh, they're getting more traffic because of it. Uh, that's the hope at least. Um, but yeah, and the, I mean, the collecting news is probably the hardest because Collecting news tends to come in in sort of sort of spurts where you'll get three or four or five pieces of news and then it'll be dry for two or three weeks and then you'll get three or four or five more pieces of news and then it'll be dry for a couple more weeks. Mostly because like I unlike something like the Force Cast, I don't know anybody who works at Hasbro. I don't know anybody on the inside. Uh, and I think that that's probably the biggest thing. I don't have any contacts with anybody at Star Wars or Lucasfilm or Hasbro or Gentle Giant or Sideshow or anything like that that can uh, give me news ahead of time or scoops or anything like that. I am in the exact same boat that you guys are in and it's very hard to stay ahead of the curve when, when you guys could just as easily go and find this information on your own. So. Um, so there's that side of it. I mean, like that's a lot of work. Uh, and then there's 
writing the recap, which can take up to an hour for a half an hour episode. And, uh, and I mean, even though like a half an hour episode is only about, I think like 18 minutes or something like that, but it takes a while to write out the recaps because I got to, to watch it. Sometimes I have to go back to catch things and sort of, um, especially, I mean, this episode was so difficult with Waxer and Boyle and trying to figure out who was talking when they have the exact same voice, the exact same look to them generally. I mean, it was, oh man, I, I can't even tell you how much of a headache it is, but, uh, but I get it done. Um, and then, and then I have to record and right now I've just passed the hour mark. So this is yet another hour that it's taken me on top of this. Once I'm done, I save the file. I have to export it as a, as a wave, um, which takes about two or three minutes. Then I have to import it into audacity on my other computer, which takes two or three minutes. And then I have to tie up my computer for about a half an hour while it does the um, the noise removal process so that you guys aren't getting a, a podcast that's all gravelly sounding and uh, would, would like so that you because I can hear my computer humming right now and hopefully you guys can't hear it uh, unless I mean if you're listening in your headphones you can probably hear it but hopefully it's not as bad as it could be because um, I don't exactly have a studio set up here I'm just uh, recording from my office so then after that, after the, after the, uh, the sound has been uh, cleaned up a little bit, then I have to go in, I have to, I have to cut out any, any moments where I might cough or uh, anything like that. I mean, um, sometimes I lose my place and I have to go back and so I have to edit things afterwards. I try not to. I try and keep the episodes as spontaneous as possible without editing. Uh, I do them all in one stream. It's not like I'll stop and start. But uh, regardless, there are edits that I have to make. Then I have to add in the music. That, all told, probably takes about a half an hour. So with that and then waiting for the sound to clean up, that's an hour by itself. And then after that, I have to upload it, which again ties up my computer because I don't really want to do anything else with the internet while I'm uploading. So I upload. I have to write the little post that goes along with the uploads, and then uh, and then you guys get the episode. So that's the that's the full process, and it takes a while, and it's a lot of work. And I don't mean to sound like I'm complaining. I probably do sound like I'm complaining. Um, I don't mean to because it's totally worth it when I get mail from you guys telling me that you love the podcast and that it's great and that you look forward to it every week. And obviously, when it's late and you guys get upset and you write me emails saying that you don't like it when it's late, um, it's, it's a bit of a, a backhanded comment on that uh, in the good way because, I mean, you guys are writing me to tell me that I'm, that I'm being late and that I should, uh, I should clean up my act. But what it's really telling me is that you guys like the podcast and you want to hear it. So, um, I mean, I always appreciate emails telling me to hurry up and get the podcast out. Uh, but... What it really comes down to is that I'm, I'm sure most of you guys probably already know this, but I run my own business, and so that that really takes up a lot of time. Last week, uh, I had I had particularly a lot of work to do, and then on top of that, I had a friend visiting from Saskatoon that had very little respect for the fact that I had a lot of work to do, and uh, and wanted to constantly go do stuff uh, with me because he doesn't have any other. Uh, friends in Vancouver to go hang out with so um, 
thankfully he was visiting for a debate tournament at, uh, at, at one of the local universities. So I got rid of him for the weekend, which allowed me to uh, get caught up on work. And I was hoping it would allow me to get an episode out. It didn't. Um, because on top of that, I also had to go see Watchmen. Because if I didn't go see Watchmen on opening weekend, they would have revoked my geek status, which uh, if you revoke geek status, my podcasting license is then on probation, and then you guys can't have episodes at all. So I definitely had to go see Watchmen. Uh, I'm sure that you all understand the position that I was put in. So um, so I went and I did that, and then, uh, and then I got the episode out as quickly as I could. Uh, Monday ended up being yet another uh, crazy day for me. So I, so I did it Tuesday, I got the episode out, and there it is. Um, so when I get the episodes out late, that's the reason why. Um, it, the reason why is that, that work and real life take precedence, and that's unfortunately the way that it's got to be, because uh, I run my own business, and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Although, I mean, if I get a sponsor, uh, I can devote more time definitely, because then this isn't, this isn't a hobby anymore, then it becomes a bit of a job. Uh, not in the sense that it's work, but in the sense that there's uh, there's something compensating me for my time for that, because like I said, it takes about six to seven hours. It's a whole day. Um, that's almost a whole work day if you if you add in a lunch hour. So um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and especially to do it by myself. Um, there, it's 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 something that that thankfully you guys enjoy the podcast. Because otherwise it would be a totally thankless job doing the podcast and putting these out every week. But uh, but enough of my griping about about how hard it is to do a podcast every week. Um, especially considering I have a break coming up. After, after the next two episodes, I'm probably going to take a break for about two weeks. And then hopefully I'll come back with, uh, with my awesome mystery interview. And, uh, and I'll have my, uh, my retrospective with Steve. And, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then this brings me to my last piece of news, which is the second point of your, your email here. And that is that I need somebody to co-host the show with me. So um, I've asked other people if they want to be co-hosts. Um, I've asked other people to come on as guest hosts. Steve obviously has made it on. Other people have tried but uh, scheduling conflicts and that sort of thing. So I'm putting it out there to you guys, to the podcast uh, listening audience for Frontlines. Um, one of you guys out there who listens to the show, you, you might be my next co-host. You might be uh, a guest host. Well, you're, uh, there will definitely be guest hosts. And, and I might be picking a permanent co-host out of the deal. So... Um, Here's the thing. This is actually kind of a bit of a contest. Um, what I want you guys to do, those of you who think you're up for it, record record a sample. Record a sample of whatever it, whatever you want it to be. It, it really doesn't matter. You can record whatever you want. Um, hopefully something podcast related. I will uh, I will listen to them. And uh, it, like you can post them online and then send me a link, and I will uh, I'll listen to them, 
Um, try not to email them because it would it would fill my inbox way too fast and uh, yeah, that just wouldn't that wouldn't really work. Um, but you can post them online different places. Um, I'll try and find a resource uh, and and I'll post it up on on the uh, in the forums for you guys to check out uh, something that you can post audio links to. Um, something like uh, like Photobuck or something. Um, <clears throat> And, uh, and I'll go through those, and from those, I will pick five, uh, the five best uh, sort of auditions, if you will. I will uh, I'll play those auditions on an episode over the summer, and then after that, what I will do is I will have an episode to each one of those five uh, individuals, and uh, I'll have them on as a guest host. And then I will leave it up to you guys. I'll set up a, 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 a poll, uh, either in the forum or possibly on the site, and I will ask you guys who you want to be the, uh, the, the at least semi-permanent co-host uh, of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, heading into season two of Frontlines. And, uh, and then I will have a co-host. And uh, and hopefully that should resolve that, and uh, and and we won't be able we won't have to worry about me doing these episodes by myself anymore. Um, so just a, just a word on on maybe some of the job specifics for being a co-host for Frontlines. Um, someone who's willing to do the episode recaps to write them out that is definitely a plus. Uh, Although, I mean, I'm mostly just kidding about that because I don't mind doing it that much. It's just uh, with episodes like this one tonight, it was definitely a headache. But, uh, but usually it's not that bad. Um, but if you want to do it, if you feel like you, you, can, you can write the recaps, uh, then definitely like that hand would be awesome. Um, having your own uh, recording suite that uh, is at least uh, semi-professional is definitely a bonus um like uh, a headset mic isn't really going to do it you're going to want a nicer mic than that and uh and some ability to clean up your audio uh is is definitely going to be a positive on that um and then uh on top of that you've just got to have got to have a personality and uh and you got to be a likable person uh no grumpy people need apply i guess uh, I, I get grumpy enough as is, so we don't need any more grumpiness on the show. So somebody somebody upbeat is what I'm going to be looking for. Uh, somebody who is excited about Star Wars. I, I'm going to disagree with you, Josh, when you say that they don't necessarily have to be a huge Star Wars fan. You do have to be a huge Star Wars fan for this job. you got to be the biggest Star Wars fan. Uh, one of the biggest, at least. I mean, you got to be as big a Star Wars fan as me. Um, you got to be on the caliber of the guy who builds his own lightsaber, uh, the guy who collects the Ralph McQuarrie uh, artist signature series uh, of action figures just for the box art because you love Ralph McQuarrie's art that much. You got to be a guy who staunchly defends Jedi Force action figures because you think that they're the greatest, and someone who is disappointed when they don't get Lego Star Wars stuff for Christmas. Because that is what they told everybody that they wanted, and uh, uh, you gotta be you gotta be the guy who is willing to do a podcast every week just to contribute to the Star Wars fandom. 
uh, you have to be that dedicated. You have to be that into it. That is a requirement. So there it is. It's an open casting call. Anybody can apply uh, as long as you meet those requirements. And I look forward to hearing from all of you guys, uh, hearing what you've got to say, hearing, uh, hearing your audition tapes, as it were, and, uh, and then eventually getting to do episodes with some of you guys and then having a co-host. I, I look forward to having a co-host. So with that, uh, that's, that's our episode for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for putting up with me. T-shirts are on the way. I'm trying to get that figured out. Uh, what I'm trying to do is find the best way to do it so that um, so that the T-shirts are cheap and you guys can get them for at least less than $20. Uh, I'm trying to keep it under $20, hopefully around $15. But we'll see depending on who ends up who I end up going with to print the print the t-shirts because it also depends on quality and uh, of news for you guys on that front hopefully by the end of the season don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com uh, fill out our listener survey we, we still always use more more input on that uh, follow us on twitter username clone wars man I get so many new people following us on twitter every day it's great. Head over to Facebook. Join our group. Facebook is undergoing a bunch of changes right now. I don't know exactly what that's going to mean for the Facebook group in the future. Um, but you can also become a fan of, of Frontlines on Facebook, which is kind of like a uh, – it's, it's more like an actual profile than it is like a fan page now. So um, do that. And then most important of all of these, head over to Geek Out Loud. Uh, the Geek Out Loud forums www.geekoutpodcast.com slash forums register join the conversation we got new people coming in every week which is great uh, we got a great community over there I can't keep up with you guys like I, I like I said I've been busy for the last little bit I'm behind like I, I gotta go through and I gotta read all those forum posts that you guys have done um, I just like I can't keep up because you guys are just having these lightning fast conversations and they're great conversations about Star Wars and there's definitely a community over there and uh, and you guys are all awesome on the forums so join up if you haven't already and uh, and last but not least email me mcohen that's m-c-o-h-e-n at clonewarspodcast.com and uh, let me know what you think of the podcast let me know what you think of, uh, of the co-host idea and uh, let me know if I'm doing a good job or a bad job. Let me know if, you, uh, if you're enjoying Clone Wars. I think that's the most important part. You guys aren't really emailing in and talking about the show as much as you're talking about Frontlines and me, which, uh, which I want to hear what you guys have to say about the episodes, about Clone Wars. So email us, and, uh, and, and thank you guys for listening this week. Thanks for putting up with my late episodes lately. And, uh, and I'm going to try and, and get on a regular schedule, get these episodes out on time. And with that, I say may the force be with you, and I will catch you guys next week.